Welcome to the first ever Conversation with My Father. I wanted to give a little pre-introduction to this podcast instead of jumping right into it. I have toyed around with starting a podcast before but had never really known where to start. This particular podcast that you're going to listen to originated from an assignment. Hopefully I can make this a more frequent occurrence and continue the conversations with my father. I want to try to do more podcasts with him because most people don't ever get to meet their hero and very rarely get to talk to them. I know it's cliche to say that my father is my hero, but people that know him understand that he is very special. It's not just the way he was as a father or as a grandfather, but it's the way he was as a public servant. My father was in politics for many years. He would hate that I called it politics because he truly believed he was providing a public service. It's the way that he treats people and the way that he has always been so selfless in his lifetime that truly amazes me. Which is why I want to take the opportunity to start this with him. Like I said, the first podcast is an assignment and I have chosen the topic of family traditions. You know, how they get started and why we continue them. But I hope to later dive into deeper topics with him for in further episodes. So without further ado, here is the first conversation with my father. I'd like to welcome everyone to the first conversation with my father. Uh, I'd like to introduce my father, Tim Norton. Uh, first, thank you for helping with this. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about traditions what they mean to you, how traditions start, and why do we continue to do them? You know, this time of year is perfect to talk about this. You know, we're right in the middle of the holiday season, which is typically the time when most people practice their traditions. Uh, But I wanted to kind of start, you know, by just kind of asking you what tradition means to you. Well, it's, it's those things that are embedded in our psyche that we want to repeat. They, they wash over our heart or, or wedged in our brain. And they're not really habits. They're not things you just repeat out of rote habit. They're things that you think about, that you love, you care about, and you want to do again, particularly at a certain time of season or when families are together. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to bring a little, before we get too deep into individual family traditions, I wanted to give a little context about the discussion so everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh, We live in a blended family. Um, You had myself and Laura, and then you married Susan, who throughout this podcast, I'm going to call her mom um, just for sheer continuity. That's how I've always called her, um, so that when I say mom, I'm talking about Susan. Uh, She had Tim and Annie, and then after you were married, you had Sam. So for all of you scoring at home, I have a real sister, a stepbrother, a stepsister, and a half-brother. However, I know them as my brothers and sisters. I think I was six when you were married, so pretty much grew up with them. Uh, The reason I kind of bring this up is that I imagine that you brought traditions in, and Mom probably did as well. Is there any uh, traditions you can think of that are that you brought in specifically or that were kind of blended like our family is? 
Well, the way we decorate our Christmas tree kind of started. You know, the, if you remember those early Christmases, I had to have the largest tree. It had to be a live tree. And there were countless ornaments that came out of my house and my mom's house and my great-grandmother's house. So that was a tradition to make sure they were on that Christmas tree. Now, we could go to Thanksgiving and Easter and all of those kind of, a, you know, holiday events and start talking about traditions that came from each family. But I'd start out with kind of, you know, just Christmas as, as one that everybody thinks about as a tradition. Okay, any of them that were uh, more blended? I know that um, the sheer way you guys prepare our turkey, for one, being kind of a blended tradition that each of you brought a little bit of your own. Well, I... The first thing I think of is the stuffing and dressing argument that we had when we first got married. Susan makes a stuffing. She inherited the recipe from her mom, who got it from her mom, so it's come down kind of through the ages. I'm a southern boy, and we made dressing, which had cornbread in it. And that first Thanksgiving, we got the turkey started roasting, and we start making, talk about making dressing. And Susan looked at me and goes, what is dressing? You know, I make stuffing. So your whole childhood, we had two two stuffings or dressings in the bur around the bird because we had different traditions that were brought to the family. Now, that was a food tradition, but it's still something. I was just talking to your sister, and I had some leftover dressing, uh, stuffing. And I said, you want some of this? She goes, no, it's not dressing. <laughs> okay. So, you know, dressing is what she likes. Part of the family likes stuffing. Well, I know Missy, for one, only likes uh, mom's. Uh, she doesn't like the one that you make as much. Um, oh, that hurts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have a new tradition, hurting dad. <laughs> well, now, since we're talking about cooking for the holidays, I think we have to bring up the rolls. I mean, every holiday we had Hawaiian rolls for our meal. Uh, but one year, I was probably 10 or so. I'm not exactly sure. I think you were just married for a few years, and it may have been that first year. But mom burned the rolls. And of course, as kids, we gave mom hell for it. So the tradition has become that during dinner or before dinner, that someone either looks at the rolls or, you know, says something about who made the rolls. And, we, you know, we kind of give mom some crap for it. You know, and mom... She had her issues in the kitchen, as you know. We had rock-hard brownies. Uh, we had orange fish, um, which we can talk about at a different time. But I wanted to clarify something. I wasn't sure if she actually burned the rolls more than one time. I mean, if I remember it correctly, she did. But I don't know if we just made it a bigger deal over the years. I mean, can you clarify? Did she burn them more than once? Well, I think maybe the first year she tried to make Grandma Norton's yeast rolls. And those are really hard to make, and you have to get the oven just right. And the oven was too hot for cooking something else, so she burned the heck out of them. And I mean, well, that makes a little more sense to me because Hawaiian rolls are the easiest thing in the world to heat up. So I always thought she burnt the Hawaiian rolls. Well, that adds to the tradition because the next year she refused to make the yeast rolls and bought Hawaiian rolls and burned them too. Okay. So, so now all of a sudden, now never been burned since. But every year, it comes up. I mean, it's tradition for somebody to open the oven and go, who put in the rolls? Mom? 
you know, that's the question. And, of course, she, you know, she's learned to laugh it off because it's a tradition that it's going to come up. It, it just is part of our family DNA. This episode of Conversations with My Father is brought to you by Hawaiian Rolls. You can enjoy these soft, sweet, delicious rolls at all your family gatherings. Is it really a holiday meal without Hawaiian Rolls? Uh, another tradition that you have seemingly started yourself is the Papa gifts. Uh, you know, if originally they were called Dad gifts, and basically what they were is you would go around the house and just find random crap and wrap them for us as kids, you know, and if we were lucky, there would be money in it. Uh, I specifically remember getting a roll of toilet paper that had money rolled up in the roll, and the only way to get it was to unspool the entire roll uh, to get the money. Uh, I mean, when did you start this? I mean, I don't remember doing it when we were real little. Um, and, you know, how did you come up with it? Well, you know, I worked at Target. I was the manager of Target. I worked a lot of long hours. Mom did most of the real Christmas shopping, always has. She loves to shop, and she loves buying things for you kids and grandkids now. And I never had the time, but I wanted to do something for you kids. And I'd get home late at night on Christmas Eve. I mean late, because I closed the store down. And the, the first it was really the first year you guys were, we were all together, I just went out in the garage, went into the linen closet, and found, like you say, random crap. And and I always wrote a check for some cash before I left the store. And then I would, you know, stuff it in the different items, and and there we went. And, of course, you kids have looked at me like I was possessed those first few years because I can still remember the first year that Tim, who's, really, you know, my stepson, but my son, opened his first gift and it was a bar of dial soap that I had strategically cut open with a mat knife and slid five dollars in it and he took it and looked at it and I know what he was thinking oh this guy is not going to be a good day because he <laughs> gave me a bar of soap and he threw it to the side and then you unwrapped the toilet paper and the one started spitting out and now he's scrambling to find that bar of soap because now he's thinking I'm getting money and we had such a good laugh, and I loved watching your faces so much that Christmas that I then I did it every year, and I just kept doing it. Even when the spouses showed up, right? when, when yeah. Missy and Brooke and, and Chad show up, I've got to outdo myself. I remember giving Brooke her first gift, and it was a pair of Sam's crusty sweat socks out of the hamper yeah. with a $20 bill in it. And she gingerly held it up, and I know she looked at it, now, she had witnessed other people getting money, and she's a poor college student, and she went into it. I mean, that was a, a break moment for Brooke to be in our family because she's thinking, I'm, uh, you know, I'm that pristine, you know, kind of girly girl, and I'm getting that $20 out of that sock. How early in the year do you start prepping for this, or is it just, I, you know, at the spur of the moment, go grab some stuff, or do you have stuff planned every year? Oh, I'm thinking about it year-round, about how I can be devious. I mean, I went looking for your some of your sports trophies one year so that I could take them apart and put the money in them and then put them back together. Uh, my devious mind thinks about that because I want the tradition to be fun and different, you know, one year I put the money down in the bottle of a 
quart jar of marbles. Mm. So you had to pour out the marbles. The best one for you that I loved is when you were about to have Avery. Yeah, the the poopy diaper. The poopy diapers. You know, I gave you a newborn bag of newborn diapers, put the money in the back of the bag, and then put peanut butter and mustard in the diaper so that you're looking at it thinking, I can't be, money can't be in the bottom of all that. I don't know, that's a goofy tradition, but Mm -hmm. I think people in our family expect me to be given those kind of gifts. Right. Uh, which one would you say is your favorite over the years? That one. The poopy diaper one? Oh, yeah. Because okay. the look on your face <laughs> when you thought, I've got to put my fingers down in whatever that is. Well, it it turned into getting, you know, random crap. And, and now it is stuff from our childhood that you've saved over the years. And, you know, some of it's good and very cool to look back on. And then others, you look at it and go, why the hell does he still have this? <laughs> I mean, did you intentionally save all this stuff for that reason, or is it just you're a pack rat and now you're unloading it on us? What is it? Well, it's kind of a tradition. My mother saved so much stuff from my childhood, and I enjoyed later in my 40s and 50s and 60s rediscovering things about my childhood. You know, memories are powerful. It, It springs love in your heart. It makes you think about events in your life and my mom saved report cards and school play stuff and I had a box of it and I wanted to do that same thing so it's kind of a tradition that I'll pass on so yeah I kind of saved it randomly some of it just got thrown in a drawer and then I discovered it later and it it became fun to have well it is kind of now you know transitioned to the grandkids as well to where they're involved in some of this stuff and Recently, you've incorporated wrapping their gifts in saran wrap and then having money and candy. And uh, I recently saw this on Facebook, and I'm curious if how long we've done that and where you got the idea for that. I mean, I don't know if you saw it online or you just in the back of your brain. Oh, I, I was looking, always looking for something different and fun for the kids. And I can't remember if I saw it or somebody told me about it. But we've been doing it for five or six years now. Right. That's why I was wondering. I, like I said, I just saw it on Facebook here recently that it's become kind of a trend. But, you know, we've been doing it for years now. Well, it was. It just seemed like how – I don't remember exactly how I started it. But now I bought a 3,000-foot roll of industrial saran wrap so that I could perpetuate this for a few years. And I still got it out in the garage. And we're going to do it again. And – and now we're up to 10 grandkids that we're, I'm going to be wrapping balls for. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the last family tradition I kind of wanted to touch on was our Easter tradition. And I'm just going to kind of let you talk about how you came up with that. Um, and then really want to touch on what was significant about it for this last year, uh, you know, this last year's Easter, why that one was very significant for you. Well, years ago when you guys were, I think, probably high school, college, and of course Sam was even younger, uh, I, we talked about, well, we need to give the kids some money for college or their, their young marrieds, and Easter's a good time to families together. And I didn't want to just give you guys $50 and say, you know, we're trying to help you out. So I invented the Easter egg, the adult Easter egg hunt. And as you remember, that was out in the backyard, and I made you wear goofy Easter egg 
Easter mm-hmm. hats and you had your little basket and I put eggs all around the backyard and put money in them and Monopoly money where you could buy stuff off a gift board and uh, there was always a note in there that made you do something goofy like hop on one leg and sing Here Comes Peter Cottontail or uh, hug your mom, mom, have to run up the stairs to the deck and hug mom and then go back to hunting eggs. And, and I remember that first year, the first year, all of you came in your nice Easter clothes. The second year, you all came in your nice Easter clothes and bought running clothes and tennis shoes. And you particularly, I remember you figured out, shake the eggs, because if they rattle, it's got change in it. If they're light, they got dollar bills or money in it. So. Yeah, I figured it was either dollar bills or I had to do something stupid. But <laughs> I remember, I think that might have been the first year, actually, and I might have ruined it for everybody, because <laughs> I think I left with a couple hundred dollars where everybody else had like 20 or so. And, and then a bunch of change. Yeah, I think you guys transitioned it to where it was uh, gift cards, um, that we we won like we had to earn so many monopoly money instead of just actual dollar bills being in them um now how did that transition to what we do now though well one year i knew it was going to be really bad weather it's just terrible weather and uh susan's mom and dad who have gotten older were going to be here and i said well i'm going to make an indoor game well how do you have an easter egg hunt around the house. I guess you I could have hidden eggs all around the house, but I made a big Candyland board. You know, it's like six, seven feet long, and it's got, you roll the dice and you move around the Candyland board and pick up the eggs, and there are things to do in the eggs. You gotta sing, you gotta do goofy things, and then at the end, there's a basket that, that's got extra eggs that you can draw from. Uh, there was the bite the bunny basket mm-hmm. where there's a big chocolate bunny and every time you landed on a certain thing or drew a McGregor garden card, you had to bite the bunny. And the guy that ate the last bite of the chocolate bunny got $20. And so that became kind of a fun tradition. Well, then everybody liked just doing that at Easter instead of going outside. So we started doing well, the, the game. I can tell you as the fastest one in the family, I prefer the old way because <laughs> I knew I was going to win. win. Yeah, Tim slowed down a lot in the last few years. But it became, then it transitioned to the grandkids doing it. And they're deep into it now. So, you know, it just became a tradition that dad would pull out the board, set it up, and get it ready. Which is the next thing I think you wanted to talk about and follow up on is why is this last year so important to me? And it is because mom and I, you know, decided for Easter we weren't going to be here. We went to the final four, which just happened to be the Easter weekend. So we were going to be out of town. A little sadness because, you know, there are traditions around Easter. The family's all together. And what did we get Easter day but a, a pictures, Instagrams and pictures of you guys playing the game in our house around the table that you'd always played it around. To me, that means there's a tradition embedded in the family that everybody holds dear and says, we got to do that. That's why would, why would we not do that? Now, that talks to the generational aspect of traditions, that it gets passed on. Right. And to me, that's... Now, whether you continue that exact tradition or something, a hybrid of it, 
it's embedded in you five kids and the grandkids. Well, that's just something we do at Easter time. Right. That's your tradition, playing that game and biting the bunny and laughing and being family is very important. And and that was important to me because that means some things that we did as a family are were important to you guys enough to replicate it, even if mom and dad and I aren't here. And, and that's no different than me making dressing, and my mom's not doing it, my grandma's not doing it. Our family does it. It's our tradition now. Thank you for doing this with me. Um, you know, it actually means a lot. You know, this is actually for a class, um, but I've actually, you know, I'm calling this conversations with my father, and I thought it would be interesting to actually maybe make this intro to a tradition where you and I can do this uh, and talk about, you know, deeper topics than tradition. You know, life, love, death, and for me, it would be something special we could do together that. You know, later on, I could listen to, our kids could listen to. Whether anybody else gets any enjoyment out of it, I thought maybe we could do this together. Well, I, I think that's perfect. It's interesting. I just opened up a box that I had packed up when my uh, your grandmother, my mother, died. And it had all kinds of things from my grandfather, my great-grandfather, some of the businesses they did. My grandfather was a writer. It had some of his papers, some of his stories some magazine articles, and the tradition of passing on the family history and legends, that used to be done vocally like this. You know, you, you know, there's oral traditions, and this podcast is kind of an oral tradition of passing from one generation to another what their t- traditions are, what are the things that are meaningful that are passed down from generation to generation. Thank you for listening to the first conversation with my father. When we talk about traditions, we tend to think toward the holidays and time spent with family. I think we continue to keep the traditions going because of the way it makes us feel or the sentimental memories that are conjured up. Sometimes, the littlest traditions carry the biggest feelings.